It's noon here in Ventnor, New Jersey, and the worldwide headquarters of Car Edge in Bethesda, Maryland. And this is news that you can use from Car Edge with your hosts, I see that I'm having connectivity issues. I think, um, according to according to the little gizmo that popped up on the on my screen, you, you do sound you sound a little funky, pops. But uh, you know, we don't expect anything better from your fiber optic cables that were wired what was it like 60 years ago something like that well let me let me explain it's not fiber optic it's just damn cable and the building was built in 1972 and i believe that's when these cables were installed um you know and and they probably have like a 40-year life expectancy and we're 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 working on 51 Here's the deal, folks. Um, thank you for welcoming me back to the show. We're going to be talking about the car market financial crisis. It is the, uh, the the ultimate topic to be discussing this Monday morning, especially in light of the Silicon Valley Bank shutdown that happened on Friday of last week. And then obviously the FDIC, as well as the Federal Reserve and the U.S. government stepping in today to make sure that depositors are made whole. Super interesting conversation to be had around that. And obviously, we're going to do our auto twist on it. One thing that I'm just going to throw out there, one thing that I'm going to throw out there, I find super interesting that mortgage-backed securities are getting a lot of conversation right now, and that makes sense. MBS, mortgage-backed securities, $15 trillion worth of debt there. But auto loans, Dad, not too terribly far behind them, $1.6 to $1.7 trillion in auto debt. No one's talking about auto-backed securities except for us. I feel like we're the only ones talking about it, Dad, and there's a lot of issues in the auto market that we'll dig into today. Uh, maybe because um, it's seven and a half times greater um, in the in the mortgage-backed securities. Maybe that's why. Yeah, but auto debt has been rising. We know that. Also, I will just say, and um, if I may, for... if I may, Zach, and it will continue to rise with with, with the rising price of automobiles. Definitely. Thank yeah. you for all of the well wishes. I had another eye thing going on. You can still kind of see it, but it's getting better. And my girlfriend, Laura, had been dealing with some back issues. So I appreciate Pops, you and Kimberly stepping up last week. Thank you guys for keeping the show going. I am thrilled to be back here. Let's kick off, Dad, with, with the news, the financial news. And I want to tie it back into some of the trends that we've seen in the auto market in recent time as well. So obviously, on Friday of last week, Dad, Silicon Valley Bank, uh, the 18th largest bank with over $200 billion worth of assets, uh, they had to uh, stop lending money, stop transacting. All accounts were frozen um, as a result of not having enough cash on hand to cover if potentially there was a bank run. This happened. I just want to set the stage. This happened two weeks, two and a half weeks after American Car Center, so back in our our neck of the woods, two and a half weeks after American Car Center, February 27th, had to go out of business. A 50 dealership operation and financing arm went out of business after they couldn't get uh, $222 million worth of bonds sold. Is there a connection between these, Dad, or am I just trying to, to make connections where they don't exist? Um, uh, yes, you're trying to make connections where connections don't exist. Um, you know, automotive is different than a venture capital backed bank. Um, and, and that's what, and that's what Silicon Valley bank is. I mean, it is a, it is a bank more for startups and, and venture capitalists than it is, um, you know, for necessarily automobile loans and helping to underwrite a, a subprime borrower. Um, does it indicate 
that there could be some issues throughout the banking industry. It does. Um, you know, truth of the matter is there isn't a bank in America that has the cash on hand if all their depositors come in at the same time and say, oh, I'd like to withdraw my money. And the reason they don't is because, well, they take that money that you've deposited and they invest it in other instruments or or they lend it out. And and so but you just hit it. You just hit it, Dad. You just hit the connection. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I can't let you go. You just hit the connection. What do banks do? They take our money and then they yeah. then they invest it and they make more money. Right. Like that's how banks work. Period. So Pops, why is there a connection between why is there a connection between American Car Center not being able to sell two hundred and twenty two million dollars worth of bonds that were backed backed by, by the loans. of their auto loans because they couldn't find any banks or investors to buy that. So there is a connection here, Dad. What happened at Silicon Valley Bank is they had bought so many T notes that were at one point. What was it? One and a quarter, uh, one hundred twenty five basis points. Back when the the Fed funds rate was was 25 basis points, so it made sense then. But now you're seeing all these banks look at these different assets that they could be purchasing to get return on, and they're saying no. I think the connection here between Silicon Valley Bank and American Car Center, and we are going to get Ally Financial results next month, and I cannot wait to see that. Is that you're going to see less and less of an appetite for riskier and riskier auto back securities, which is going to put more and more pressure on these financial institutions, Carvana, for example. Ally, for example, to actually, I don't know, find someone who's going to pay their bills. Like it used to make sense to take risks because you need the money. You need you, the reason that that uh, Carvana or CarMax or American Car Center sells off these ABS deals is because they need operating capital. And so I think you're going to see these bigger banks say, "No, nah, we're good. That's too risky." And that, there's a whole industry, a whole cycle that 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 relies upon that, Dad. And you, I think you just saw the first straw kind of break there with with what happened at Silicon Valley Bank. I I, I think the difference is that they had a run on the bank where the people came in and said, "Gee, we'd like to withdraw our money." Okay, and and I'm telling you, there isn't a bank in America, the largest or the smallest, that has the cash reserves on hand to pay off all the depositors if they came in on the same day and said, gee, I'd like to withdraw my cash. That's not how banks operate. They don't have that. They don't keep the cash on hand just so they can can, uh, give it to their... So I don't think one has to do with the other at the moment. I I think... um, but what do banks invest in? You just said it. They they take on investments. They buy yeah, they auto back securities. Yes, they I, take I, mortgage back securities. I, I I get that. I I I do. But but I don't think Silicon Valley Bank was a big player necessarily in auto loans, were they? No, definitely not. Okay. Mortgage backed securities and 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 T notes. That's that's where they okay. were. T bills. So there you have it. I I mean you know. Is it just an indication that maybe the the economy isn't as strong as we'd like to think it is? Perhaps I don't know. Um, is it is it an indication that um, maybe weakened regulations allowed uh, a bank like Silicon Valley Bank and a couple other banks that recently had to close um, that that they didn't have enough cash reserves because regulations have been changed again. Could be, um, you know, there, there is, there's a thing that, uh, well, history tends to repeat itself in many, many ways. Um, 
you know, we, we had the collapse that we had in 2008. So mm -hmm. naturally there were some new regulations uh, and, and laws written to protect uh, against a repeat of that. And then mm -hmm. a few years ago, some of those regulations were rolled back. Okay. Five years later, we have banks closing again. You, you know, what's the cause and effect? If, if we don't regulate these institutions, then the, the ability for a misuse of funds can take place. And I think that's what we're seeing happening. I don't know if I'd say it's misuse, poor, poor use, but they, they okay. were taking an, a calculated risk, just like to be very clear. I think OK's hitting the nail on the head. The American Car Center story is an example of a company that tried to do auto ABS, auto asset yes. securities, bonds and failed. Again, the traditional buyers of those ABS deals are going to be pension funds, big banks, hedge funds, et cetera. And so the reason that I think you can show correlation here, or not even correlation, correlation is the wrong word, connection, some interconnectedness between these events is these banks need to take on riskier and riskier investments as the federal funds rates goes up or else what else are they going to do? Just put all the money in 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 the federal funds, you know, uh, uh, federal funds uh, 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 yielding accounts, accounts. Exactly. Yeah. Like, no, they're going to take on riskier and riskier investments. And what do we talk about day in and day out? The fact that I don't know the uh, uh, sixty day delinquency rate for subprime auto loans is north of nine percent, the highest it's been since two thousand six, two thousand seven, whatever the data is from Cox. My point being here, it's all connected back in certain ways. The appetite for taking on more risk is going to diminish the appetite to fund more and more auto loans should diminish. And this is at the same time we haven't talked about yet today, but we got the latest data from new car inventory for last month and used car sales from last month. Inventory went up, sales went down. So like there are a lot of currents that I think are influencing the market. And I do not think they're unrelated. I think they are all interconnected. I, I think uh, American Car Center indicates that the major concern is with the subprime sector. Okay, um, not not prime and and the the top tier lending sector, but the subprime sector, and and so if your specialty is a subprime customer, and you need to sell off your asset backed securities, and they happen to be your subprime auto loans, yes, many institutions would look at that. And say, no, I think we'll pass. But there's other asset-backed securities that I think large institutions would look at and say, yeah, we'd be more than happy to purchase those. So it depends yeah. on what on what the the assets are that are backing those securities. If it's subprime stuff, and we know subprime people are bad, and as inflation rears its ugly head and and interest rates go up we know the subprime borrower is going to be impacted more than than the average borrower i want to do a point of clarification you you said a sentence there we know that subprime borrowers are bad please explain what you meant because i don't think you're trying to imply or insinuate that those that have challenged credit are bad people no, bad no, customers just, not in the slightest no it just it's just statistically those that find themselves in the subprime tier of of borrowers tend statistically to miss their payments um, more often than those who are in a higher tier. That's why it's called subprime. Um, you Which know, is the exact I, let, reason let, why the let, interest rate is so high. Let me, let me just say one thing. 
the interest rate you get is the interest rate you've earned based on how you've handled your past credit history. Okay. So if you find yourself as a subprime borrower paying 20 to 25% interest, it's because that's the interest rate you've earned based on how you've paid back your credit in the past. And, and if you are in that situation, many times more than others, you might find it difficult to make that payment. That's what and I'm I want to put a, another caveat in on that one. If you have a thin file or no credit history, which is not your fault, it could be because you, I don't know, moved to this country recently. It could be that you're 20 years old and doing your first, you know, uh, 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 fun financial purchase that needs debt. Those are other reasons why your rate might be high, and those obviously yes. don't, you know, don't don't take into consideration your past um, credit history. They say that you just don't have any credit history. Okay, Dad, let's switch gears. Okay. Let's look at a little bit of data that has come out recently. I'll pull it up on the screen. So we have new vehicle inventories on the upswing. Again, this is a headline in automotive news. Someone make sense of this market. New vehicle inventory levels in the United States last month grew to 1.83 million vehicles, or about 73% higher than a year ago, but still well below recent norms. We, we all remember 3 million vehicles in inventory is about what, where we were pre-pandemic, if not a little bit more. But Pops, we are continuing to see the upswing in new vehicle inventory. This should release some of the pressure, relieve some of the pressure. We saw new car transaction prices last month go down. New car incentives go up to the highest they've been since March of 2022. Good good news, right? This is good news. Well, it, 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 would, be, it would be good news if the increase in the inventory was in more affordable cars. But the increase in the inventory seems to be in the more expensive cars. Um, and so... Uh, you, you have you have more cars out there that are costing more than they ever had. Yes, the average transaction price went down. It's now forty, almost forty nine thousand dollars, as opposed to forty nine thousand five hundred seven dollars. Uh, any way you slice it, the average transaction price is still way closer to fifty thousand dollars than it is to twenty five thousand dollars. And and. If you are concentrating your production in the highest profit margin vehicles you can make, they're gonna they're gonna come in between fifty and a hundred thousand dollars, and so that's where you're seeing the increase in the inventory. So, should it be good news? Yeah, it would be good news if it was sub fifty thousand dollar cars or sub thirty five thousand dollar cars, um, but it's it's in the higher end cars. Ultimately, what it might mean is that if those inventory levels continue to build and sales stagnate or continue to decline on the retail side of things, perhaps, perhaps dealers will have to start discounting those or manufacturers will have to start incentivizing those sales. But if you're if you're incentivizing the sale of a seventy five thousand dollar car so that you can bring it down to 70000 that is still of absolutely no help to a customer who can't afford beyond a $35,000 car. Every brand is different as well. Rich yes. says, at the, uh, at the Honda dealer on Saturday, $10,000 markup on all vehicles. Drove to a few other Honda dealers, same story, marked up, little to no inventory. Rick, please share where you are in the country. 
because when I was digging into the data that Auto News provides, and I'll, I'll pull this up on the screen before I, I jump yes. to that. Cox says right here, uh, mid-size compact and subcompact cars had the tightest supplies among volume segments, while full-size pickups and full-size cars had the highest day supply among non-luxury vehicles. Asian nameplates represented 14 of the 15 vehicle lines with the lowest day's supply. So that corroborates what Rick was just saying right yes. there. And Rick is in a market that actually has very high supply relative to other regions, Southeast Michigan. If you're in the Midwest, those are areas where a lot of American-made vehicles are uh, picking up. So, Rick, I don't know if you have any interest not buying a Honda, but instead buying a $60,000 full-size pickup truck. But I bet you can get a good deal, a good deal <laughs> on one of those $60,000 pickup trucks because there's a lot of them in inventory, especially in that region. But if you're looking for a Honda Accord, you know, no. Like, you just you simply can't find them right now. It's difficult. Um, you know, there, there are still there are still um, segments and and manufacturers that are are still struggling as far as a day supply is concerned um and then there's others ford has the the largest day supply of all the manufacturers that are reporting at the moment so it it depends on what you're looking for and what you're looking at um you know in many parts of the country you can get uh hondas at msrp or slightly below not with yep. a ten thousand dollar markup and then obviously in southeast michigan if you want that honda it's it it's at a premium um and if i wanted a honda at a premium i i i wouldn't want a honda anymore here we go pops we got donnie in the chat new name but says recon manager used car merchandising manager northern georgia franchise dealer used prices are spiking and people are still buying them up good and desirable inventory is hard to come by if you don't overspend for it at auction that is the exact story that you've been hearing dad from your contacts that are going to the auctions it is the cream of the crap and the cream of the crop and the cream of the crop is fetching a ridiculous price point exactly and that's and that's the part that 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 scares me um is and maybe donnie can corroborate this or not but from the people i talk to the the spike in in wholesale used car values at the auction for the nicer vehicles um has been astronomical and seems to be worse than it was 18 months ago when we first started seeing a spike in wholesale values um you know when my friends start calling me and waking me up early in the morning to say i've been doing this for 35 years i don't know what to make of this market anymore i don't know where it's going i don't know how it's going to sustain itself um but there is such a shortage of decent cars that we have to pay so much. I mean, dealers are paying retail and more in order to, to win the bid for the nicer used cars. Um, now, that doesn't mean that they're going to be able to charge necessarily more than retail when they go to sell it. As my friend Chip likes to say at this point, the way things are working in a in the dealership have changed 180 degrees. And what I mean by that three years ago, three and a half years ago, new car departments were not typically um, profitable or very profitable. And the used car departments were. And today, uh, if you're paying as a dealer retail for a used car, the thought is, well, we want to have the used car on hand and we can use that as the loss leader to get people in. And 
the, the profit center will now be the new car department as opposed to the used car department. Uh, you, you know, the, you can't, it's, it's difficult to mark up used cars way over retail pricing and get a bank to finance it. So it's, it's 180 degrees from where it used to be. That's another storyline that is who's going to finance these ridiculous used car prices. And, and I just want to pull it up on the screen at the same exact time that we're talking about used car prices spiking again. Everyone take a look at what I'm about to pull up here. We had used vehicle retail sales decline in February. Cox Automotive same store estimates on dealer track. This came out just today indicate yeah. that used retail sales declined 5% month over month in February and we're down 9% year over year help me out here pops who is a financing these things b there's fewer buyers so who's who are these buyers? like house and, of cards i'm telling you man that's all i can ever think of when we do when we do these shows and yet you know the comments that i see from people in the business is that business is busier than we anticipated it to be for this time of year whether it had been in january whether it had been in, in February. And I mean, everybody is saying floor traffic is up. Sales seem to be up. Cox says sales are down. I don't know who to believe, um, <laughs> but I tend to believe those that are actually, I don't know, in the industry selling the cars. Um, there still, still seems to be a willingness on the buying public's behalf to overspend in order to get things, which is what caused me to change my opinion as to, or at least evolve my opinion as to what I see happening in the future. Uh, you know, it's just, we, we, we have been saying for the past two and a half to three years that prices going up the way they've been going up is just not sustainable. Okay. So what has happened over the past two and a half to three years, the prices have continued to go up. Sales have, have either, either stayed the same or dropped slightly, but there's enough sales going on that dealerships are more profitable than they've ever been. So to say it's not sustainable doesn't seem to be true because it is sustainable. So how much longer is it sustainable? I don't know, but as long as there's a shortage of quality used cars, and I don't see anything on the horizon that would indicate that there won't be because there were, what, 15 to 18 million new cars globally that were scheduled to have been produced over the last three years that were not produced. And say 10 million of those were scheduled to have been produced and sold in this country. Well, Guess what? That means there's ten, there's probably, I don't know, five to seven million less trade-ins that would have occurred because somebody couldn't buy the car that no longer existed. Well, how many years is it going to take to catch up? How many years do we have to go to make up for yeah. those lost 10 million car sales? Um, and if, if the average time people hold on to their cars keeps getting longer and longer well then the quality trades are going to be fewer and further between you know what's going to happen here and i want to go to the chat in just a moment i think we're probably going to see dealers do more and more outreach trying to buy cars directly from consumers than 
ever before because they're simply going to need inventory. Friendly reminder, back at CarEdge.com, you can get all the offers from local dealers in your area in one place. No spam. Just go to CarEdge.com slash sell. Pops, I want to go to the chat here. We had a thoughtful contribution come in from Taker. Yes. Is the first gen leaf worth buying maybe a 15 or 16? I don't know anything about the reliability of the first generation leaf. I do know from talking to you, dad, first generation of anything is typically something you would advise staying away from well, because there's usually the a first, lot of challenges. The first year. Now, you know, the the yeah. the issue with the leaf today from what I understand is is that it doesn't have a tremendous amount of range and it takes quite a long time to charge it so if if you want to buy that and you, you just want to use it for your, like your commuter car that's a 15 20 30 mile commute a day it'd probably be fine if you want to use it to drive from i don't know atlantic city to boston <laughs> um you know you're, you're probably going to add several hours to the trip every time you have to stop and charge it so it depends what you're what you're planning on using it for um so i don't know and you can't find its charger anywhere dad i want to remind everyone because i brought up car edge so i do want to remind everyone that back at caredge.com we can help you in a variety of different ways so for example if you are going to finance the purchase of your vehicle i saw a comment asking about bank of america and how are they doing right now please 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 get a pre-qualification with a credit union why because credit unions have typically the most competitive rates we've set up an entirely online process where you get pre-qualified in just a few seconds here it is truly that simple you click some buttons you end up getting a pre-qualification through credit unions that we've vetted i mentioned that if you're going to sell a vehicle please 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 get the multiple offers from dealers in your area don't just go with what the kbb price is and whatever the trade-in value is that the dealer gives you Obviously, we have car insurance, and home insurance, the extended warranty, if you're interested in that. And I saw Justice in the chat mentioning getting some uh, RAV Force at MSRP. Work with our car coaches. Use our car search. We have plenty of tools and resources here to try and help folks. We've been working on it for the same three years that we've been messing up our predictions, our three years of us building a lot of different resources to help you out. So please go check all of that out. Can I, can I say something? Um, yeah, go for it. And then we've got really you got to be kidding. Okay, me. just just to just to quasi defend myself, because as many of oh, you know, I you know we we put out a video on Friday where where um, my opinion has evolved as to what direction I think the car business is going, and and as I just tried to articulate here that I think maybe I can't apply the historic norms that I always have in these not normal times. Maybe they just don't apply in these not normal times. And many people were upset with me because I have changed my stance on the direction that I see the market going. And just to defend myself, what I'd like to say is I believe it would be disingenuous of me to continue stating what I had been stating, knowing that I now have different information that has impacted my outlook on where I think the market is and where it will continue to go. If, if there's anything that I want to be, it's as straightforward and as upfront with people as I possibly can be. And, and that doesn't mean that just because you take a position that you can't evolve from that position when you get additional information. So for those of you who are mad at me for having evolved my opinion, 
I'm sorry, but when I start getting phone calls that wake me up early in the morning <laughs> going, what the hell's going on in the market? And these are people that are 30, 40 year <laughs> veterans in the car business. It causes me to reevaluate my thinking. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you. And to be very clear, I disagree with my dad's opinion. So this will make for a fun couple months here on the Car Edge channel and on the Raids Act channel. I, I, I watched the video. I loved it. Yes. I couldn't thank you enough. It was your first ever solo video. You did a great job. Brandon did a great job editing. I totally disagree with you. Like, I do not agree with it. I, I can't wait. I think it's going to have some lively debates over the coming months here. Very proud of you, though, Dad, that you're not something I admire well, about you and something I try and emulate. You know, well, you're, and that's you're, the, you're, and you're, 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 you're flexible. Well, that's the that's the beauty of this. There's no reason why we can't have divergent opinions. Um, and that doesn't mean I'm right and you're wrong. And it doesn't mean that you're right and I'm wrong. It it just means that we have divergence of divergent opinions at the way we look at these things. That's all it means. You know, and and based on our history, we haven't been right yet. <laughs> Hey, one of us will be right this time because we're going in different directions. <laughs> oh, I totally agree. Love everyone that's here with us. Justice is right. Greatest part about Car Edge, we can all disagree and everyone's okay with it. Because at the end of the day, if we're helping people save money, if we're helping people have a little bit more fun, like win. That's a huge win. Now, I think I've got a relatively funny, really got to be kidding me. You ready, Pops? Yes, Absolutely. Really? You, you gotta, gotta be, be kidding. kidding me. All right, Dad. We've got from our friends over at Alfa Romeo, they're working on a new vehicle. And and the reason I have this is today's really gotta be kidding me. The headline reads Alfa Romeo will make a three-row 400 mile electric SUV for the US, due out in the second half of the decade. The big electric SUV will join an EV Julia, Stelvio, and mid-size sedan. The reason I have this as today's really got to be kidding me is not necessarily because it's a bad thing that Alfa Romeo is, uh, you know, doing a foray into electric vehicles. That's a great mm -hmm. thing, actually, if they want to experiment and explore. The really got to be kidding me is the thing breaks Alfa Romeo's in general, and now they're trying a new powertrain. Would you be caught within, I don't know, 100 miles of buying an Alfa Romeo EV, Dad? The really got to be kidding me here is who the heck's going to be the, the test dummy that buys the first few and make sure you lease it because the moment that thing goes out of warranty, you're not going to want it on your hands. Here's the difference, if I may. And this is what I have learned from, from um, the Unplugged channel, our electric channel, Unplugged with Justice, is there are less moving parts, less mechanical parts in an EV than there is in an ICE vehicle. So perhaps... Perhaps that means that some of the issues that that Alfa Romeos have been known for in the past won't necessarily be an issue in their in their electric vehicles. OK, um, now, having said that, would I want to be that guinea pig? Probably not. OK, um, but I will also say that I remember when the Julia first came out, I thought it was really a, a good looking car. You actually went and test drove one, um, yep. you know, and, and I was almost moved enough by what the Julia looked like and what it was offering to, 
I I actually considered one for about a half a second, but I considered it, <laughs> which was a half a second longer than I would have ever considered an Alfa Romeo in the past. Um, so I, I think to a certain degree that EVs will level the playing field as far as uh, mechanical issues and the lack thereof, because there's so many fewer parts moving parts that we have to concern ourselves with how about that all right potentially potentially look what happened from me spending all this time with justice i i almost sound like i know what the hell i'm talking about hey i want to ask a quick question to the chat and then we got a couple messages we're going to look at if you go to the community forum caredge.com slash community i saw someone mention hey is there a discord for courage we don't have a discord but we could set up a chat room on the community forum. So that would just be like, for example, if you're on the community forum and you want to see success stories, you just click on success stories and it shows you success stories. We could set up a channel over here or deal school 2.0 or 3.0. If you want access to deal school, that's in the community forum. We could set up over here a chat room. I am nervous to do that because we've just simply never done it before. But let me know in the chat of today's video if you would like us to experiment with a chat room. We'd have to just make sure there's some some moderation going on there. We don't want this community to end up, um, you know, people get opinionated, things like that. We want it to stay supportive and, and productive. But let us know in the chat how you feel about a potential chat room. And here we go, Dad. We've got from Sandman. Thank you for the contribution. Thank you. What do you have when you've got five car salesmen buried up to their necks in sand? Not enough sand. Now, I get the sentiment. <laughs> I'm glad you're laughing. I don't like the idea of that because my dad was a car salesman for a long time. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. Thank you for the contribution. Thank you. You know, it reminds no it, it, it it reminds me of of um, of the story about a, a catfish and a lawyer. Okay. And the definition. One is a scum sucking bottom dweller, and well, the other's <laughs> a fish. Um, but, <laughs> so what can I tell you? I hear you, Pops. I hear yeah. you. Here we go. Esteban says he's interested in a chat room. We'll see. We'll see, Esteban. Hey, Pops, let's keep going to the chat here. We've got from Rashan. Rashan, thank you, Carge. I was able to negotiate on a RAV4 hybrid for MSRP and remove the add-on dealer protection packages. There were $1,500 worth of optional accessories Very from Southeast cool. Toyota that were included in the MSRP. Unfortunately, that is what's going on in that area. Justice yes. reminding us that if you want to work with Justice and the other folks on our team, the other Car Edge coaches, again, just head to Car Edge. Com. RAV4 hybrid deals at MSRP, no markup, lots of work. Ricardo is suggesting that if we're trying to connect, if I'm trying to connect Silicon Valley Bank to the auto car sales, it shows a lack of knowledge of economics. I agree, not insinuating that it impacts auto car sales, simply tying the connection to the assets that these banks have to buy and seeing some of these auto-asset-backed auto -backed security deals fall through. find that to be interesting. Kevin says, I have to say I love the Car Edge buy tool to search inventory and prices. I've used it like every day since January 2023. Found a RAV4 Woodland in transit that way and put down a deposit on it. And Pops, if you yes. haven't been using the Car Edge car search recently, we've added some really cool stuff. Let me go ahead and share my screen. And while I'm sharing my screen, I will simply mention that we are working on the Car Edge report, which I think I've shown you, Dad. Yes. We are also we are also doing a lot of um, investigating right now around window stickers. So imagine you could get the Monroney label for a used car that's for sale. We are working on figuring out exactly how to do that and getting good coverage. I think that would be pretty game-changing. What do you think, Dad? Uh, I think that would allow people to actually compare 
two vehicles. Um, it, and the way you compare it is to make sure they both have the same equipment level. So if you can get your hands on the original Monroney label, well, that's going to list everything that was factory installed on the vehicle. So I, I think, and it's going to show you what the original MSRP was. So it will show you what the asking price is in relationship to what the original price was. So I, I mean, that, that would be, be really powerful because I mean, you're just, you're out there buying a used car and it's like, you don't know the dealer doesn't know. Like, I think dealers are going to be hitting us up like crazy once we have this. Cause I think they're going to want to see the original window sticker too. It'll just make, yeah. it'll make making the deal easier. Won't it? I would think. Yeah. Hey, so other information I just wanted to share. If you're on the car edge car search, if you're searching for a particular vehicle, like this 2020 Nissan NV 200, <laughs> you can see the suggested offer negotiability score. Market day supply, total number of similar vehicles for sale within a 100-mile radius of your zip code. You see that? has the zip code. And the total number of similar year-make model trim vehicles that have sold in that area in the past 45 days. And obviously, how long this vehicle has been sitting there as well. I'm not familiar with other car search websites that provide this type of information, Dad. Let's look at it for this Ford Explorer, for example. This is the type of info that savvy car buyers need. Market day supply for this type of vehicle is 55 days. This one's been sitting forever. This is the info you need to be to be going in there and negotiating a, a damn good car deal. So please make yourself, uh, uh, you know, avail yourself of that information. Absolutely. Information is knowledge and applied knowledge is power. All right, Pops, thank you for a good show. Thanks for having me back. Let's all be on Sty Watch this week. I think it'll get better as the week goes on. At least I'm hoping. Well, it, 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 it certainly looks better um, than the other day when it looked like um, you caught a couple uh, hard right hands and a couple left hooks <laughs> to your left eye. Um, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, you look much better, I think. Thank you, Pops. Yeah. I think you look good, too. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I believe we will at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, also known as Pacific, for, uh, with more news that you can use from Car Edge uh, with your hosts, Zach and Ray. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Thanks for being here, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>